Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Welcome to Soho Shortwave, a monthly podcast from Soho Radio, giving you a taste of the best content we produce every month. Soho Radio is an online radio station broadcasting from the heart of Soho, London. We have a wide range of talent and tastes across our music and culture channel. You're always bound to hear something new when you tune in. On this episode of Soho Shortwave, we hear from Citizen Helene, Sue Wheat from the Humans of XR, Skinny Palembe and James from Morning Glory as part of the Rough Trade Books takeover. Hey, this is Skinny Palembe, singer, producer, guitarist, chancer. Um, my show on SohoRadioLondon.com is Sounds Yellow, uh, UK bass, Delta Blues, classical, punk howls, and lovers rock. Um, yeah, check it out. Or, I mean, yeah, if you want, the produce, it's the producer's favourite show, so that, and he's got good taste, so I would listen to him. That was Talia, watch out, the legend that is. She's just arrived. She'll be on in a bit, a bit of talking and some, uh, some tracks. This is knowledge. That was Talia Recreate. Hey. This is Leon Vinehall. Um, there's a bit of a link there, actually, isn't there? Sam yeah, from Sam, Sam from Hajira plays with Leon Vinyl. Uh, Blue uh, works very closely with Leon Vinyl. Uh, engineered the record. He recorded the f- the initial recording of the record, so it's all it's all linked. <laughs> Blue Blue May Blue May. Yeah, right. Just Who did the Kano just did the Kano one. Yeah, I'm on that too. <laughs> Which one are you on? Suck your mum. Hey, I I can't believe I just said. That. Did you do the? Uh... <laughs> yeah. That, I haven't liked an album like much for, a, for like a while yeah um did you do the yeah. jewels show with him i didn't know. okay I just did the studio session yeah, yeah right yeah. <laughs> right who yeah, can let's talk about the people playing on this album there's some some, some heavy people some amazing play actually good the first track we played i i uh i always refer to it as bonfanti's song alex bonfanti on bass because he absolutely just kills it every time i'm just like oh that bass um so yeah alex bonfantio <laughs> bass uh we got nathan allen on drums sam best on all the keys um so. <laughs> exactly it's the only way uh alex reeve on guitar um lewis wright on vibraphone and percussion and then we have Le Chavu, so uh, Charlene Hector, LaDonna Young and uh, Vula Malinga on, on BVs. Uh, and Miguel Albert Ferguson on strings, Mate. on what two a, tracks. That's like, <laughs> what a heavy lineup. <laughs> mad, mad. How did you link with uh, Miguel Albert Ferguson? So I met, I met Miguel um, years ago, actually, through uh, Mark DeCliveler good friend of mine right and um is he he's is he originally british no he's no. from uh, new zealand right okay but half, he's in half la at the moment right he's, he lives in la okay yeah and he's, half japanese as well okay. yeah he's kind of like he's a bit of the link between like a lot of the kind of like british 
stuff and then yeah like stuff going on in in LA right definitely yeah he's a good guy man I met a lot of 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 my friends in music through through Mark so yeah big up Mark to Clive Lowe (laughs) um yeah so I yeah I met Miguel through Mark and then we met again um doing cinematic orchestra so uh yeah I I wrote for their record that's out now um, that you did that as well yeah so there's their current singles a song that that i wrote for it and i sing it too so check it out if you're into them i really um, have <laughs> a lot of times it's great see but um yeah and so he did we toured i toured with him and we reconnected and that was when i was working on the post-production for the album and i played him some bits and he was just like yeah, 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 yeah. Send, send, send me, send me these tracks, and uh, and then I had strings in my inbox like a week later, and he's like, "My gift to you," and I was like, "Wow!" I, I cried, I literally Mate, cried. You would, yeah. <laughs> that's literally. That's cried. insane. Yeah. <laughs> Love it. Right. Um, what are we gonna play now? So yeah, let's do it because I've been talking about your strings. Let's do her. Uh, How much left? Great. Yeah. amazing it's so good to see like just i don't know like when when i when i first heard watch out and i like heard that whole that whole thing i was kind of it like it really kind of knocked me a bit and that like it 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 kind of hit me from like i don't know from left field i was just like Mm. what where you know where does this come from what and that kind of got me into the kind of i guess the world that i like kind of part Yeah, yeah, yeah that i am i'm in now since i've moved but um, and then there was like a few, there was like four years between that and the EP after, um, right? Maybe even longer. Well, there was the, the kind of free kind of, well, I just dropped a few, the run track. Yeah. Maybe that was, yeah, yeah, yeah. Maybe that was four years. Yeah. And then another, I don't know. And I was a little bit like, oh, mate, I hope, like, I really hope this isn't like one of those ones where, you know, it's just like something really great and then it just slips away and you yeah, just, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's, it's really great to just see you like smashing it. Thank you. Um, I really appreciate that because it's yeah, it's been it's been a kind of mad journey since in Jody's bedroom and kind of you know various management teams and labels and just like trying to find the the right team that, industry that gets yeah that gets gets your vision and understands what it is you're trying to do and then you know earning a living and paying your rent and all you know it's it's real it's not it's not really easy being an artist and, and an independent artist at that so I, f- I really really do feel blessed that I'm I've I'm able to release this this record and still you know sing for my supper so to speak yeah and like <laughs> and stick to yeah, your guns and, as well I'm exactly, really glad you didn't get like terms, you know yeah. molded in any way or anything yeah, like that that's it I just you know yeah it was it's not easy to stand your ground but it's much more rewarding I guess and so yeah artists out there if you're listening do you man that's it every time I speak to art it's so important that we speak to each other as well we're not we're not competition we're just artists sharing our vibes exactly. uh, you know and that's, that's it.
I'm Sue Wheat. I'm a show host of Humans of XR. Humans of XR is an amazing programme where we have guests on from Extinction Rebellion who've just done incredible things in their journey in activism. And um, it's on the Rebel Radio Show, which is hosted on Soho Radio's Culture Channel. And all sorts of different people come in and out of the studio and you get a real in-depth sense of all the different personalities and all the different things that people are doing to try and deal with the climate emergency. In the clip of the episode of Humans of XR that you're about to hear, we chat about activism as therapy. And we have a couple of people on who are either psychotherapists or have worked in the field of what we call regeneration and um, really get to grips with how, as activists, we protect ourselves from what can be really tough things to be dealing with psychologically, but also how activism can help us deal with those things, can help us feel like we're being positive, we're making a difference, we're with people who understand us, and just using it for the for the benefit of everybody, really, so that we don't get bogged down with what is really an enormous, enormous thing for us all to deal with. Um, of course, eco-anxiety is a sign of uh, good mental health. Yeah, you know. Mm, yeah. So, <laughs> we've, you know, I think it's really important that we fight this narrative that actually those that are feeling, you know, um, grief or sorrow or despair about, you know, the state of the planet are actually, you know, weak or somehow, you know, deficient in, in some way, you know, yeah. because they're not strong well, enough. I mean, to... I've been told over the years many times that I see the world as, you know, glass half full, yeah. mm-hmm. and I'm like. And it finally occurred to me quite recently to say, do I or am I just actually, like, realistic? Mm. (laughs) Am I actually interpreting these awful facts realistically? And and you're not. Mm. (laughs) Everybody else isn't. And then when I'm met with Extinction Rebellion people, it makes you... It it does give you that confidence, doesn't it, to realise... You're not mad. Mm. You're not depressed. You're just realistically worried. <laughs> mm-hmm. And, we, you know, we've got this kind of society at the moment which is becoming more and more polarised, of course, and we know that there are those that are willing to engage in the hard work of dealing with their emotions and to try and think about them and reflect upon what their emotions are meaning and what their emotions are telling them. And then we have this other section of society which seems to be in the dominance at the moment, you know, in the ascendancy, um, as we've seen from the election result, that seems to really value the shutting out of emotions, which they really Mm. view as being something quite frail and, you know, vulnerability as being a weakness and something undesirable which to me is the complete opposite of, of the way it actually is. You know, however, we see the likes of Boris Johnson, and if I may say this, you know, he's quite a bully, really. And we see how bullies attract other bullies, and they'll fall into line behind one another. And that seems to be where we are at, at the moment. Of course, the bully, you know, they have vulnerabilities as, you know, as well, which we have to really try within ourselves to reach and to see and to work with and that's really hard for us because we're feeling Mm -hmm. (laughs) like we're struggling to work with our own stuff as well so it's an incredible effort but I think that's something that we can do together as you know Extinction Rebellion we can definitely support each other to do this task yeah it'd be a wonderful thing yeah I think it was you know what you're saying about this devaluing of the expression of emotions and the expression of feeling and it feels like there is an internal activism that is like going against the grain 
of the dominant narrative that says like we can't express ourselves that we can't that to express ourselves is like not right or not proper and i feel like the internal activism is like getting beyond beyond that narrative and into a place where we can have a healthy expression of of that grief or that that um that anger or that pain that comes up because of eco-anxiety or um eco-related depression or those sorts of things they need space yeah. um so yeah I feel like that's kind of my internal activism is like allowing myself to be to feel allowing myself to express and not like directed towards people but um yeah to give myself the container to to allow those things to come out because otherwise I just feel paralyzed <laughs> you know I, I yeah. suppose I think probably what we're all guilty of you know with few exceptions is just thinking I can't that's not my priority, you know, and we're very guilty of it, aren't we, on Rebel Radio? You know, our priority is to get the next programme out, to promote the next programme, to, to get the right people on, to give the, the you know, publicity to to all these amazing voices. And, and then you think, and then I'll have a rest. And then it's like, no, 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 I have to do the next programme. Because, and it all seems so urgent. So how, yeah. I don't know, who, who can, yeah, how do we make ourselves have that internal... Um, love and respect I suppose well I think uh, you need to give time and, and space to all these different human emotions and not to reject them so she gave this analogy of a bus um, e each of your emotions whether that's joy or depression or anxiety or guilt or excitement whatever it might be all has a seat on the bus and they all take turns driving the bus and they all need to be there you can't leave depression off the bus because she said it'll just come chasing after you or come smashing down your door when you get home Um so it needs its time, but also you don't want to leave it in the driving seat for too long. So mm. while you need the kind of outlet f to express these feelings, it is important to recognise that, not not to let them take over, but they do need to be present. And I personally have always felt, I mean, I've always been quite a pessimistic person, and sometimes you do feel down, and I've always hated the uh, tyranny of, of positive thinking and self-help mm -hmm. books because it, yeah. rejects this neg it rejects this anger and this... Um, depression is as if it's a a, a fault that yeah. needs to just be removed if it's like a, like a split appendix or something yeah but it's not it's it's a vital part of your psyche i feel and i think by rejecting it you're rejecting a part of yourself and i i, I really don't like it when people try to take the the right to be angry or to be sad away from me when i want that day <laughs> yeah, <laughs> i just want to feel like that for a day and then i'll be okay you know yeah. but I mean, I think one of the issues that we're struggling with is that society tells us to do so much. You know, you've got to do this, you've got to do that. We don't know who to listen to. We're bombarded by all kinds of messaging from advertising, from politics, from the media, from our boss, from our family, everybody else. It's too much, you know. And a lot of that messaging is complete bullshit because it's like just misleading us. It's taking us down the wrong path. So when we have these feelings, these internal feelings, we need to really think carefully about listening you know, and creating the space for those feelings to emerge. So it's not the case that we are, you know, mistaken or we've got something wrong with us, but actually it's the fact that society around us has got a lot wrong with it. And if we have our eyes open, we can see this. So why blame ourselves? Why, why put the, you know, the emphasis on me and my internal world when actually look around you? We can all agree that there's improvements need to be made mm. and we can start making those improvements today. You know, we don't need to wait five years for the next election. We can do it right away. Mm -hmm. You know, you can join Extinction Rebellion, of course. 
or you can join any number of you know other organizations that are helping to make the world a better place I'm currently reading this amazing book called Emergent Strategy by Adrienne Marie Brown, who's this amazing human. And she talks about the the need for like emergence and the collective. And I feel like, yeah, what, what XR has become for me is like a realization on like how much we need each other and that the brilliant ideas and ways in which we respond to the climate and ecological emergency don't come through being a person on our own they come through being a collective and a community and interconnected with one one another so i yeah i was just reminded of that um that book which i highly recommend for any anybody in xr or... what is it again it's called emergent strategy and it's by adrian marie brown and it's it's lots of essays and um, quotes and poetry but also her experience as um, a very prominent activist in movement culture um, and has been a super helpful insight into understanding more about community and collective and emergence and what that is. That's mm-hmm. one of the most uh, well, the common aspects of, of, of XR and, 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 and today is, is community therapy or you know therapy ther- therapy as community you know um mm. basically um and also yeah xr is also try, has always tried to bridge the sort of gaps between individuals and bridge gaps between left and right between old and young mm-hmm. rich and poor the only way that we're going to get through this climate emergency is if we connect in this way if we bicker and divide um in terms of parties and, and political stripes we're not going to get anywhere and one of the Ways that Extinction Rebellion that I think is quite unique to this movement, unlike any other, is, is the use of affinity groups mm. um, and sort of having anchors and, as you were saying earlier, with local groups too, mm. is, you know, for example, out on actions, you know, if you're in an affinity group, you're never going to get left alone, you know, that's the idea, you know. and, and So just in case people are listening who aren't in XR, an affinity group is basically a group of people, isn't it, that is usually... A group of people who live in the same area, and then you organise yourselves um, to go and do things together. And they can be things locally, or they can be, you know, taking part in a big XR action that might be happening, like it did in April in and October. But similarly, it can just be going around to each other's house for a, for a meal, or mm-hmm. you know, yeah. Mm-hmm. And it's it's just a really wonderful element, I think, of of Extinction Rebellion because. Not only are you part of this big community, but it takes it right down into where you live and, you know, or, or where you work or, you know, Rebel Radio is an affinity group in a way, isn't it? You know, so there's lots of different forms of affinity groups. And I think that is um, the affinity groups are regenerative because they create a small pocket of people that you're able to connect with check in with and kind of process in response to what's happening around you so I feel like they're another like there's so many different aspects of what regenerative culture is but that's a very kind of practical level um, of like having people close to you and near you that you can speak to and you can um, connect with there's lots of affinity groups as well around themes aren't there so you, you you're an artist yeah so do you feel I mean are you in an artist's affinity group or do you feel that's a, a different thing to an affinity I think, group? I mean, I think they're the same things. I think affinity groups can kind of come in, in various different ways. I have um, 
I do have an affinity group and I didn't until um, September and I kind of joined the movement in April and the affinity group I found is a, a bunch of artists and performers and we created a um, a response for the October Rebellion that was all about kind of grief um, through using bones and kind of um, moving with the bones and kind of bringing them to life in the city. Oh, did you do all the skeleton work? No, no, no. We were we were working with real bones that we'd found right. on Dartmoor and um, had been kind of given to us and found in Greece. And what did you do with them? Uh, so we we did a couple of different things. We had. Um, we were in the the big long grief procession and this amazing group of um affinity group that i'm a part of kind of were in that procession holding these bones in a very um reverent mm -hmm. respectful way the entirety of that march in a like super focused and like really holding a presence and we also we were working um, over september to create a little kind of movement piece um with the bones as well which we performed on trafalgar square so and that that group has now kind of decided that we're going to do we're going to kind of become a collective and and find other ways to respond because yeah there's something about connecting with the grief through through creativity through art that's that creates space mm -hmm. creates energy and create creates momentum in in unexpected ways that um yeah it's the the creative response opens up new possibilities I'm Citizen Helene, and every four weeks on Thursday from 4 to 6pm, I play a selection of disco, boogie, funk and smooth bangers. You can listen live on the music channel or listen on Mixcloud later. Here's a segment from my latest show. You're tuned in to Citizen Helene, and the track you can hear in the background is Love Me Tonight by Attitude. Before that we had Over Like a Fat Rat by Fonda Ray, and Leroy Burgess and before that we had Look Before You Leap by Cheryl Lynn and before that we had I Wanna Be With You by Savoir Fair featuring some uh, studio gremlins. tracks you just heard in the background you can hear get off by patrice russian and then before that we had never give you up by sharon red then before that we had kashif the mood and at the top of those four we had jamie jupiter computer power which is actually secretly the egyptian lover Hello, my name is James Endicott and you're listening to Soho Shortwave. 
I present a show on Soho Radio called Morning Glory. I play music, I have guests on, and we generally have a lot of fun. This week I had on um, a guy called Scotty, who runs uh, a label called International Anthem from Chicago. It's predominantly a jazz label, but they do all sorts of music as well, and it was a pleasure to interview him. So um, have a listen to this, and uh, in the meantime, remember you can always listen back to the shows anytime on Mixcloud, or if you want to tune in live, Monday to Friday from 10am until 12 Enjoy yourself. Never to the people show That's the Damon Locke's Black, Mu- Black Monument Ensemble uh, on International Anthem, which came out earlier this year, didn't it? Yeah. Yeah, it did, yeah. April. So that was the first performance they ever did of that. That so. was the uh, first performance, yeah. Well, and um, how, many, how many performances have they done of it now? Um, Not many. Three, I think, total. Well, um, yeah. I would... I would love to see that live one day, but I guess that might not happen. No, Maybe might. We're, we're trying know. to work on ideas for how to do it because you know Damon was like, we've been getting a lot of inquiries from like festivals. I can imagine, yeah. And he's just kind of like, well, we don't really have to do it, so we we should only do it if the circumstances are perfect, you know, yeah, and we can yeah. bring the entire project and of do course, it right. Yeah. You know, because of course everyone's first question is, does it have to be so many people? And it's like, <laughs> yes. It's like, he's immediately, it's like, hey, you called me. I didn't call you. Yeah. You know, like. <laughs> so is, is he uh, working on new new uh, music, Damon? Or is he. Oh, yeah, he, they have a new track. Um, I have it on my computer. It, it was just a live recording of when they played the MCA in Chicago. Okay. It's called The Body's Electric. That's what that pin I have is. Oh, these, oh I was wondering uh, what that that's pin the, was. That's their new tune, uh, and they're working on more, and we're hoping to record next year. He's got some, there's um, some, I don't know, there's an idea for a way of, of doing another recording inside. There's there's an old um, Catholic church in Chicago called St. Sabinus. Okay. Um, it's like the oldest black Catholic church in the country, and they have like a really wonderful like choir, and it's a really beautiful wow. um, building, Amazing. and he wants to record the next record. Perfect. Thing. Good yeah. on him, man. Because one of the other artists that, well, I remember in February this year, a friend of mine who works at a record shop called Stranger Than Paradise here in London called me and said, um, James, have you heard this cassette by Angel Bat Dowid? I went, no, because it's, it's on International Anthem. Is it, I, I don't know anything about it. She said, well, there's, there's only 111 of them in the world. I was going, <laughs> really? Yeah. I said, you, and, you, and you've got some in East London. He went, yeah, I've got like three of them. Right, stay there. I'm going to come and get it. <laughs> so I got a train over there. Got it. Came home, listened to it. There was a little slip in, so I could get the digital files, and I just and I just spent the next week, weeks and weeks just listening to this record, just going, I can't understand. There's only 111 copies of this cassette. Around. <laughs> and then I read that you'd that the label you and the rest of you were going to uh, do another 222 copies of it, <laughs> which, we did. Like, <laughs> which you did. Which you did. I was like, this thing has got to come out on record. Anyway, to cut a long story short, it's finally come out on record. On, a, on vinyl, which you pressed up. And um, this, I just wanted to ask you how you came across Angel Bat Dowid and why you only did 111 copies on cassette. <laughs> and just, I, I mean, the, the, the whole journey from, from, from what I see, she was, on, she was live on Six Music yesterday with Giles Peterson, which is an amazing thing. Uh, so from in the space of nine, ten months, she's gone from putting out a cassette of 100 copies to playing live on Six Music to a million people. I mean, how that, the hell's that all happened? 
you know, I don't know. The people just... It's crazy. It's really the people. Yeah, <laughs> people yeah. wanted, the people responded, and that was wonderful. You know, it's not the first cassette we only put out 111. Well, no, I'm sure, I'm sure. Um, but, yeah, I mean, you know, I, I don't know. Was, I guess How I Met Angel is also a long story. Yeah. Um, but, you know, she... Um, she kind of she works at this record store in Chicago called Hyde Park Records on the south okay. side, um, and she's just an amazing spirit behind the desk there. And like she was like, you know, she just kind of a lot of folks, a lot of us came to know her that way. Um, and then I started playing in a band with her, with this other artist Giradani, and you know I loved Angel Sound, but it was more mm. just like a cool Angel's my friend. She works at the record store, and we play music together, and it's great. You know, yeah. that's all it was. And then. She put um, a song on Bandcamp. It was just it was a song called like "The Joy of Living" or something like that, and okay. it's just her playing clarinet. And it's, she recorded it with her phone, and I just couldn't stop listening to it. And and then I was like, man, Angel, maybe we should put out a whole record of stuff that you just recorded on your phone. Yeah. You know? And uh, she's like, okay, I'll, I'll put something together. And then she put together the Oracle, and it was like the summer of last year. Okay. And it's just like I didn't have the headspace or something to really fully hear it. I feel like until. The winter time it was like December. I was getting back from being over here with Micaiah because we yeah. had Universal Beings came oh, out cool. last year yeah, and it yeah. just consumed my whole life. Yeah, yeah. And when I was like sitting back in Chicago in the cold after like the dust was settling from all that, and I was like, "What's next?" I was like, "Man, I gotta revisit that thing Angel sent me." And um, and it was just like so beautiful. And I was like, "Man, we should put this out." And I was putting together a Chicago showcase for Winter Jazz Fest in New York, mm-hmm. and Angel was on it. Um, and I was like, you know, like it would be really nice if we can get something out there before yeah. before that. And I was like, and at this point, it was like the last week of December, and Winter Jazz Fest was January 11th. So I was like, <laughs> so I go to Angel's house on December 27th, I think it was, and I was like, wow. <laughs> I was like, hey, can, you know, so let's do this, right? Let's put it out. She's like, yeah, okay. I was like, well, we should throw it on a cassette. Like, I was like, I think this music would sound really nice on tape. I love yeah. tape, and it's also a way we can get this out there now, really quickly. You know? Yeah. And uh, she's like, cool, let's do it. And uh, so yeah. it was like January 3rd, we released the digital album. And then it was literally, it was the, it was my first experience with something like that where immediately, like, everybody was on it. Yeah. Mojo hits us up. Rolling Stone hits us up. Wow. NPR, Afropunk. Three weeks later, she was on the cover of the Chicago Reader. All these things were happening. It was like immediately. And we were like, oh, like, okay. Whoa, we're onto something here. Yeah. Okay, I guess something happened here. And but. live, I went to see her live uh, a couple of times in the last week, and she's an incredible performer. Yeah, I mean, she's a. I mean, I think it's important. I tell people like the first thing you need to know about Angel is her father was a preacher, his father was a preacher, and his father was a preacher. And so she's, she's gonna preach. <laughs> and she she came up in the church. She lived. You know, her dad was a missionary. She spent yeah. some time in Africa with him. Um, and he's a he's a very like. I mean, she. I think she was in seminary school for a while too. And like, she's. I mean, she's like preaching. That's what she's doing yeah, up yeah. there. She's not. She's not there to entertain people with music. She's like trying to like communicate she's some, actually, some she's higher a, power message. She's uh, got a message. That girl. Yeah, she's definitely got a message. So it's like it, it's an experience. Well, we should have a uh, listen to a track off the uh, record. We are so just like it wasn't Stranger Than Paradise. That I got the, the, the World the, of Echo. World of Echo. Yeah, it was World of Echo. So I apologise to. World of Echo. <laughs> I've been getting loads of texts off Natalie. Oh, really? Really angry with me. She's going, it was World of Echo. Oh, damn. Anyway, <laughs> Natalie, we're really, really sorry. It was World of Echo. Yeah. World of Echo. They were, they were, they were, they were quick on it, man. They hit they're us up and it. they were like, can we want as many of these as we can get? And we're like, well, okay. Well, there you go. It wasn't Strange of Paradise. No way was it that lot. <laughs> oh, come on. Oh, I'm joking. I'm joking. Anyway, this is, um, this is Angel Bat David.
Thanks for listening to Soho Shortwave. If you want to hear more like this, you can subscribe to the podcast. Tune in live to the music or culture channel at SohoRadioLondon.com or catch up on Mixcloud. This is a Soho Radio Productions podcast.